passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome into the Utopia Football Podcast. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610, alongside, as always, the Hall of Famer, my good friend, our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GallerySports.com. John McClain, it is our mailbag episode. We're going to get to your mailbag questions. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. We appreciate everybody sending in questions. This is the first mailbag we've done in a couple of weeks. So we've got a backlog of questions that we'll get to um, with you guys. If we don't get to your question on this episode, we keep some of them for future episodes as well. Um, so we appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, and sending in those questions, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, John, how you doing? Sean, I'm doing great. If I was any better, it'd be illegal. Atta boy. I like that's what I like to hear. Back from Vegas. Have you recovered from Vegas, John? I have. I'm uh kicking myself because I didn't do a better job of making bets, but after making so many for four days, I only lost a hundred dollars. So that's almost like winning. No, yeah, for sure. That's just the price of fun, is what that is in Vegas. No question. Um, are you going to now that you're out of Vegas, out of the habitat of sports betting? Are you done for betting on the tournament? Is, is, is it a Vegas only thing for you, betting on these sporting Vegas, events? Vegas only. I never bet on anything else unless between Carol and I are arguing and say, You want to bet? Yeah. You want to bet? Yeah, I'll bet $100 and then we never pay it. <laughs> but you're rooting for U of H because of uh, obviously you're a Houstonian and your friend Mattress Mac is rooting for U of H as well. He bet on the Cougars before the season and uh, he's got a chance. And uh, last year he won on Kansas. That was before the Astros, of course. But uh, he's a big U of H fan. He gave him, he gave the basketball team a million dollars in NIL money, and uh, he's doing things like bringing, taking their families to dinner, and and making sure the families get there to watch them play. And after the way they bounce back against Auburn in the second half, um, I hope they win. I hope the Longhorns win so they can play to go to the Final Four. That would be fun. Do John, I, I know and I know Mac was at the games in Birmingham. Uh both of them. I know he he flew in on Thursday and he flew in on Saturday to go to the games. Where where are the Sweet 16 games that they're playing in? Do you know? Kansas City. Oh, okay. So he'll be going to that for sure, huh? I'm guessing. Yeah, probably. Friday and be a be a Friday Sunday deal. Houston against Miami. 
Um, and then it is uh, Texas and Xavier. So, yeah, that would be fun. A, a little UT, U of H. Who would he be rooting for? in a Because he's a UT guy. He'd be rooting for the Cougars because okay. he's got so much. Is the money. If you go to the store, I go to the store every week to shoot a video with Mac. Ordinarily, everybody there is wearing Astro stuff. Now they're all wearing Cougar stuff. Yeah. And uh, so he's pulling for the Cougars. And uh, if the Cougars were to lose to the Longhorns on Sunday, it would kind of be a soft landing for Mattress Mac, considering he went to UT for a while and uh, has close ties with the school. But nothing would beat the Cougars winning. It's so funny. I Even though I went to Baylor, I lived and died with five slam and jam and was devastated like everybody else was when they were upset by NC State. And that this team, that to me, that was the most talented basketball team I've ever seen that didn't win a national championship with Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler and Larry Meshaw and Michael Young all being first-round picks, Reed Geddes and Benny Anders, and they were fun to watch. Anybody listening, if you don't know who I'm talking about, Google it. And Google their game against Louisville in the semifinals, the Doctors of Dunk, which is still maybe the most exciting game in history because of all the players they had who liked to dunk on both teams. But this would be such a measure, not of revenge, but relief. I'm not sure what it is for the for the Cougar fans to be able to celebrate winning a national championship, which they came close but couldn't do under the great Guy V. Lewis, and being able to do it here in front of more than 74,000 fans, many of whom be wearing red, that would make it especially delicious. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, there's a great 30 for 30 on Five Slamma Jamma also. I would just say go find Absolutely. that. Go to your ESPN app and go find that. Uh, Mattress Max, John, would also have the soft landing if UT were to win of everybody having to pay for their furniture in his promotion as well. He's uh, been running that furniture. He's been running that promo five thousand dollars worth of furniture. You yep. can get free, free, free yep. for a long time now. And we shot our video on Tuesday, and he was still doing that promotion. I guess it's going to go right up until the Cougars play. Uh, their next game. Yeah, no, it's been going because I do those spots with him. He he comes on my show and makes picks every week. Um, and uh, he's, you know, and they, he makes picks, but it's surrounded by promotion because he's the ultimate salesman. He's the best. Um, so that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll go Cougs. Go Cougs this weekend for sure. Um, all right, John, let's get to some of the Texans news, and then we'll get to a few mailbag questions. Since you and I did our show earlier this week, just hours after we got done recording our First episode of this week, the Texans made a few moves on the offensive side of the ball with a bunch of one-year contracts, but not, I don't think, John, at least with two of them, not the kind of standard one-year contracts they've been handing out the last couple of years where it's been sort of fishing through the bargain bin to find guys hanging on. Devin Singletary, formerly a Buffalo, has been a really, really productive back in this league. The Texans signed him to a one-year, $3.5 million deal. And the name that kind of, I think, made a lot of people sit up was Dalton Schultz, um, the tight end, formerly the Cowboys, who played under the franchise tag last year. Um, a lot of the articles heading into free agency had him with a price tag of, you know, four years, $60 million, that kind of thing. I guess that market never materialized for him because he's signing a one-year deal for around $9 bucks with the Texans. It's a deep, deep class of incoming draft prospects at tight end, which probably hurt 
Dalton Schultz. But this is a caliber of player, John. Forget about the length of the deal. It's a one-year deal or a four-year deal, whatever the case. This is a level of player. Dalton Schultz is a top 10 tight end in the league. This is a level of player that for the last couple of years has not said yes to coming to a team like the Texans. What does this represent for the Texans, John, uh, as we head into the draft in the 2023 season? I haven't used great with the Texans very much. Uh, moves they've made, and I thought that both of those moves were great. They saw big-time needs. I think Schultz, just what you mentioned about it's such a good draft for tight ends deep as well. And Cowboys liked him enough last year to franchise him, and now they couldn't reach an agreement. They tried to bring him back. I'm guessing it's one of those deals. You know, maybe he could have gotten a deal of up to $9 million from the Cowboys, but he probably felt – betrayed. He came here. He's the best receiving tight end they've had since Owen Daniels, who played during the Gary Kubiak era. And uh, he, he's going to help the new quarterback. Nick Casario's done a tremendous job for the new quarterback, either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. And then Devin Singletary started midway through his rookie year. So he started the last three and a half years, only missed one game. He's 5'7", 204, but he's durable. He's averaged 4.7 yards of carry. Charlie Wise, the former Notre Dame head coach, as you know well, who offensive coordinator with the Patriots, he does a weekly show on NFL radio, and I did the show with them this week. And he went on and on about these moves, but especially Singletary, who he said he'd known since college. And having him come in as complimentary back to Damian Pierce, I'm guessing the split might be – 60 to 40 to help keep both of them healthy. I just thought it was a tremendous move as well. And Casario should be commended for those moves. Yeah. Uh, the other moves that got made, there was the same day, Mike, is it Dieter from Miami, John? The center, the backup center they got from Miami? I have no clue because he hadn't done squat. No, well, he didn't. He, he's been in, he's been with the Dolphins for four years. He was a really good college player, uh, but he, Played in all 17 games, but started zero games last year. He was brought in the same day, so I'm just mentioning him. Right now, I mean, look, I, the bar is Scott Quesenberry. You know, I'm guessing there's more work to be done at the center position than just bringing in Mike Dieter as a body. Um, and then what do you think of the signing of Corey Littleton yesterday? He's bounced around like a pinball. At one point, he was good. He hadn't been lately. You know, they, I'd rather have Christian Kirksey than him. And they don't play but two linebackers all the time anyway. I'm kind of thinking maybe that, you know, Garrett Wallow was a disappointment last year. We all thought he was going to take a, a big step forward after he flashed a little as a rookie. He started off hurt. I don't know if they've given up on him or he, he knew, new regime. He'll, you know, it wouldn't, doesn't matter what he's done, but I could still see them with all those picks drafting a linebacker. But Christian Harris is going to stay on the field. They need another guy like Christian Harris who came in the, third round. Of course, they have five picks in the first three rounds as it stands now. But Littleton, he's fine. He's a veteran who's who's been around, and he was good at one point. Got a big contract at one point, but uh, he hadn't been able to do it lately. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Um, the, other, the other bit of, well, I'll say news. I, the, the other things on the calendar, I'll just call it. Um, as you and I are recording this, we are a couple hours away from C.J. Stroud throwing at his pro day. Bryce Young throwing tomorrow in Tuscaloosa. Will Levis has his pro day on Friday. So three of the top four quarterbacks are going to be throwing for a litany of NFL scouts. The Texans are sending James Lipford and a couple of scouts to Columbus. The Carolina Panthers are sending everybody from uh, from from the king and the queen to, uh, to the janitor uh, to – Columbus to watch CJ Stroud and then presumably jump on a plane and go to Tuscaloosa and watch Bryce Young. What what was your reaction, John, when you saw that the Panthers literally are bringing their owner and his wife, everybody from, from, from the two of them all the way down to the local scout, there's 11 people from the Panthers going to be at CJ Stroud's pro day. Well, David Tepper's got a nice big plane. It can show for everybody around and, and uh, he's the owner. I'm kind of surprised his wife's going, but, it's such a big decision for them. Why not? One of our old buddies, Josh McCown, their quarterback coach, will be there. By the way, I want to go on record saying in three or four years, I bet Josh McCown turns into a hell of a coach. And I'm just sorry he didn't start here as a position coach, yeah. not as a head coach, as they were about to uh, name him. But uh, if it's a pick that is that important to your organization, uh, look, they've got a lot of guys. I'm always curious. When you're taking a quarterback and you take all your offensive staff, I'd want my defensive coaches to look at that quarterback's tape as well. Hmm. It's all about the offensive coaches. You know, Dom Capers is over there. Let Dom say, hey, Dom, watch all this tape and tell us what you think. And maybe they do that. But it's amazing the way they uh, take the coaches on the side of the ball where the player is throwing. I watched – Bryce Young played probably eight games this year. I don't need to see him throw at a pro day that's well orchestrated with his receivers. Saw, you know, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson throw. Let me tell you something. After the Texas drafted Damian Pierce, I talked to two guys that I trusted in Florida, saw every game he played, and they told me that Dan Mullen underutilized him, and I predicted he'd be a 1,000-yard rusher, and an immediate starter, Landry Locker, bet me $100. He would not rush for 1,000 yards. And, boy, I was crowing until he got hurt, and I paid Landry. The same two guys saw every snap that Anthony Richardson took, and they don't understand why everybody is going crazy. And this is something I didn't know. Billy Napier, the head coach, is also the coordinator and quarterback's coach. So during games – when Anthony Richardson would have a bad play or turnover, he'd go to the bench and sit there and sulk, and he had nobody could go over and talk to him about his mistakes because the head coach 
was making all the calls. And so they think he's very immature, that he needs uh, not only work physically, and yes, he's gifted physically, but he needs a lot of help in helping him deal with adversity, which obviously he's going to experience in the NFL. And I asked both of them, where would you draft him? And one said low second, hmm. third. I said, well, you better get used to it because he's going high in the first round. So yeah, he might be he might be second or third, but we're talking pick, not round. Yeah, so I told him, and, and they said they know. They watched and read everything because they wish him the most success. But it's funny, people that saw every play don't think as highly of him as people who went guy guy mm. over him at the combine. Really interesting. Really interesting. Uh, as you pointed out, John, and as Nick Casario pointed out on our show on Monday with me and Seth, like this thing, these pro days are so orchestrated for these quarterbacks. It's almost set up for them to succeed. I mean, not almost, it is. It's set up for them to give the best possible display. None of the throws are really all that hard if you're a high level quarterback, that kind of thing. So the only news coming out of any of these pro days that would be worthwhile uh, would be if one of these quarterbacks had a bad pro day as you know, the expectation is they're all going to throw at an A level. I'm curious just from what you've seen of Stroud and Young specifically, the owner of the Panthers is at each of these pro days because the owner is, he's a businessman. He's not looking at, you know, he's not watching this with the educated football eye, watching how the ball's coming off their hands or their footwork and stuff like that. He's probably thinking more about certainly how good a player they are, but face of the franchise, charisma, energy, that kind of thing. Marketing. Marketing. Which one of these, when they walk up to shake hands with Dave Tepper and chat with him for 10 minutes, is going to make a bigger impression, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? I've listened to both of them do interviews. I've watched them be interviewed in uh, during the season. And the reason I would say Bryce Young is uh, – I've talked to you about this before. A, a friend of mine who's been doing talk shows in Tuscaloosa for 30 years said Bryce Young's the most impressive player he's ever covered. I mean, whether he's in front of the room doing interviews, he was very impressive uh, when we interviewed him at the Combine, but so was C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is very, very religious, and he uses a lot of religion in his quotes, and some people don't like that. Some do, some don't. But I would say both of them will be impressive, but Bryce Young will be the more impressive. By the way, Jamarcus Russell had an incredible pro day. Yeah. Blake Bortles was impressive. Yep. Vince Young, Johnny Manziel, all those guys had great pro days. Yep. How'd it go? How'd it go with those guys, John? Well, it went well enough for people to buy in. And draft them in the first. Uh, and then ultimately, ultimately, they how did it go? Bombed out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They all bombed out eventually. It's longer for some than others. Vince Young looked like it might work out for a little while. Uh, the others bombed out pretty much. You from... might be better off leaving the owner and his wife at home because if they're watching these quarterbacks throw great, and then they talk to them and they're so impressive, maybe they, maybe Frank Reich says, "Well, I want C.J. Stroud. He's six three. I don't want a five ten and an eighth quarterback for the first time in my career. But the Teppers have fallen in love, and Bryce, yeah, but, yeah, but. That, that, and then Wright goes, oh, okay, if you insist. That's why I ask, John. That's why I ask the question. Like, the, the, the you're, you're bringing in – and I don't think it's a bad thing to bring in people that look at things a different way, but we know, like, you're bringing in 
it's one thing to bring people into a room that look at things a different way when everybody's sort of operating at the same level of power. But boy, when you got the owner in there, like he's going to have the ultimate final say. And if he gets blown away by the energy or the vibe or the, the charisma of one of these guys, and it runs contrary to what the staff really looks for, then what the staff knows can win. And nobody knows what can win, but they think they know. You know, Frank Reich has a code as to what he's looking for in, in a quarterback. And it's, you know, the things that Tepper's looking at are deprioritized by Reich. That could be a fascinating internal power struggle, one that we'll probably never know about. Ultimately, they'll they'll all come out and say they like the same guy. Um, but I, I I think it makes the owner being there, it adds an interesting wrinkle to it, in my opinion. I, one of the things I like about the McNairs, they don't make their people do something. Yeah. They pay money. They, they spend a lot of money. They hire them for a reason. And if they don't do the job the way they want, they'll get rid of them. But they uh, they won't interfere. If they're asked their opinion, they'll give it. But they don't say you have to do this. And hopefully David Tepper and his wife will watch. And even if they love Bryce Young, they'll tell Frank Reich and general manager Scott Federer, hey, if you want C.J. Stroud, that's why I'm paying you. Yep, it's going to be a fun few days. I know the pro days are just kind of a formality, but just all the narratives and all the smoke that comes out of them. I mean, it's just it's a prelude to what's going to be a really fun next four weeks. Next step after these pro days will be the visits to the stadium. So uh, the draft the draft season continues to roll on, no doubt about that. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus all right, John, you ready to do a few mailbag questions? I'm ready. All right, let's do it here. Derwin and Cyprus is the first one to weigh in. By the way, if you want to email us questions, uh, mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, Derwin says, Texans passed on offensive talent both times uh, with the last two number one overall picks that they have. If Bryce Young comes off the board, what are the odds Jalen Carter comes our way if they feel they can get a QB at 12? either by trading up or being a guy that could fall that way. John, I'll, I'll expand this because Jalen Carter comes with a different set of encyclopedias right now with his off-the-field stuff and his his bad pro day. It is possible to have a bad pro day if throwing's not involved. If you're fat and you're out of shape, that's a bad pro day. But what are the odds? I'll just say not Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, non-quarterback at two, um, and they, they, they then use 12 to maneuver or stay there and get a quarterback. Is there any chance of that at this point in your mind? No. You being it too. Of course. All the way. All right. Um, Derwin also follows up with, what are some things to do as fans if we go to Astros spring training next year? You and I both went to When you go, Derwin, if you go before they start playing, which I did this year, I'd never done before, 
I'd been when they played games. And when they played games, I liked to drink a lot of beer and sit in the stands and watch the prospects. I never cared about watching Altuve and Bregman and those guys. I want to see the guys who are they going to be counting on in the future. And this year when I went uh, and they were not playing, I was stunned there were not more fans there mm-hmm. because you can get so close to them. They walk right by you. They sign autographs. It's very, very informal. And I had a blast. I mean, I'm standing at a small fence, three feet, three feet from Fromber Valdez throwing off the bullpen mound. There were six mounds, six catchers. And if I wanted to, I could have reached out and touched it. You can't get access like that uh, very often. Now, fans can't get it, but you still get close enough. So I would highly recommend going to Astro Spring Training. Great ballpark. You can walk all the way around it on the inside. Great facilities, plenty of restrooms, good food, great seats. Anybody that uh, likes spring training and then go on the road with them. Yeah, I love going to Jupiter. The Cardinals have a complex in the middle of a neighborhood. Yep. Right across. They've got sports bars, restaurants. You park at the end of those streets and garages, walk down to the restaurant, eat, and walk across the street, and you're in there. Uh, Roger, uh, I can't remember this, Roger somebody stadium. And uh, I've been to Port St. Lucie. I've been to a bunch of those places, and it's fun going on the road, too. Yeah, that Cardinal Stadium. I think it's a it's a local Roger Dean. Roger, Roger Dean. Dean. Yeah, it's a local Chevy dealer. Yeah, yeah. He sponsors the stadium. Okay, yeah. When when I went, John Derwin, for just my my uh, my experience, we went the week after you were there, John. We went for the first week of games, and Jupiter was one of them. We went to Port St. Lucie to go see them play the Mets. And then we saw two games, obviously, at the ballpark at West Palm Beach or the the uh, at the Palm ballpark at the Palm Beaches, I think is what it's the Astros and Nationals facility is called. Beautiful. All of them really nice facilities. I mean, these are like if you go to a Sugarland Space Cowboys game, those are the it's it's that level of stadium, if not even a little bit nicer. And so it's almost like the atmosphere, sort of a minor league ballpark atmosphere, but there's major league players sprinkled in. You know, it's almost like half the team is on a rehab assignment in the middle of July, that kind of thing. Um, so you do get to see some big leaguers. It's probably 50-50 in terms of the lineup every day. Um, I would suggest, John, I, and I didn't go the week you did where it was all workouts. I was there for games, but you've described the week you were there enough times now to where I'm kind of sold on wanting to go to at least a couple days. I would find the starting point for the games, which this this spring training was like the last weekend of February, like the 25th and the 26th of February that weekend. I would say if your calendar's flexible, Derwin or anybody thinking of going, go like Wednesday through Monday, that kind of like go for the last few days of the workouts and the first few days of games. And even if you go for like two or three days of games, chances are you get to experience more than one of the stadiums down there. But I like going for both, I think would be, to, to get to experience a combination of what you're talking about and what I'm talking about would just be like the ultimate, you know, for like five or six days. It's the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Of the Palm Beaches, yeah, it's no so disrespect. Pretentious. It's so pretentious. It is. And one of the things I thought was interesting, you know, when it's on a massive piece of land and you go up, there's the big stadium, the Nationals are on the right, Astros are on the left. Both of them have multiple fields. And the whole time you're with the Astros, you have no clue anything's going on with the Nationals. Then when you're over at the Nationals, you have no clue anything's going on with the Astros. The Nationals, of course, 
have all these new young players that they've traded their veteran for, where the Astros are established, and when national media would come in, like Robert Flores or Ken uh, Rosenthal and Tim Kirkigen, they would cut uh, Ken Rosenthal and Tim Kirkigen, they would talk about the differences in the two sides because they knocked both of them out. But it's so weird. You'd think it was all belonging to the Astros. Yeah. But it's a great trip. Lots of restaurants, cheap, a lot of good deals on uh, hotels around there as well. Yeah, Florida, it's it's a pretty inexpensive place to travel to. That's the nice thing as well, uh, for sure. Uh, all right, uh, Dave in Buffalo, John, loyal listener who's not in Houston. Guys, do you think Tom Brady will ever play again in the NFL? Is he done, John? He's done. Okay. So we got to endure a bunch of drunk Patriot fans at J.J. Watt's Hall of Fame induction. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Maybe Watt will come back a year and then retire. Yeah. Maybe we can talk him into that, coming back for a few games or something like that. If they come back for a few games, that resets their Hall of Fame clock, huh? Yeah, it'd be five more years. Okay. All right. Can you maybe keep Tom Brady out of the Hall of Fame, John, for an extra year? Do you think? You know you... what? That's a good idea. Well, yeah. Why don't you be the guy that – you be the guy, John, that gets up and argues why Tom Brady is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm here for that kind of entertainment. <laughs> that would be great. Do it for Houston, John. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joe Q emails in. Um, he said, I called for it back on September 3rd, Case Keenum to the Texans. Now we just need to trade back and draft more defense and a center. We can win this division with Case at quarterback. John, that's not even a question. I just want you to react to that email. Give me a break. <laughs> you two trade back. We can Case win this division. Quarterback. Case at quarterback, John. By the way. We both think Case was a great move. Yes. He'll be a tremendous mentor for the rookie quarterback. Hopefully he stays there a couple of years and uh, then goes into coaching. Well, let, let me let me turn this into a bit of a football question then, just playing off of that. Um, in terms of this division and the winability of this division, I'm not here to pick the Texans to win the division. I was pleasantly surprised that in the odds that I saw this week, they're only seven and a half to one to win the division, as opposed to previous years where they've been 15, 20, 25 to one at this time. Um, so that was encouraging. I'm guessing a lot of that has to do with D'Amico Ryans and the, the, the future quarterback they're going to draft. I saw some way too early power rankings yesterday, post free agent frenzy power rankings. Um, and the Titans, the Texans, and the Colts were all in the bottom six teams in the league. The Jaguars, where do you think the Jaguars were, John, in the power rankings that I saw? Well, probably should be around 20, but I'm guessing people love Doug Peterson, so they're putting him higher. Seven. Seven. After the 2017 season, when they almost went to the Super Bowl, everybody had him going to the Super Bowl and they went down the toilet. Is this different, though, with they have a quarterback now, John? Now, Blake Bortles was their quarterback back then. Yeah, but they had a great defense. They yeah. had running backs. They had everything you want to take the Patriots to the limit. Uh, no, I don't see them as the seventh-best team in the league. Are they the favorite to win the division this year? Oh, you get to yeah, pick the... they should be, and everybody else will battle for second and last. Yep. Uh, Dennis and Magnolia, do you guys think Carolina traded up to number one knowing exactly who they are taking? I do. I think they're going to take CJ Stroud. So you think their mind was made up? You don't think there's a possibility? You don't think, John, that they 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 looked at it and said, uh, "Okay, we know we, we'd be glad with either of these two guys." 
So we're going to move up and we're going to evaluate. And we know that the number two pick wasn't available. It's the Texans. The number one pick is available because the Bears are going to move out of there. You think you think this was such a this was such a off the not off the charts, but this was such a strong move from nine up to one that you would only do that if you have conviction about one guy. That's what I believe. They're okay. saying the opposite, of course. They also Ryan Paul's the GM of the Bears said he tried to get Casario to swap places and he wouldn't do it which I think is a sign now the Panthers are trying to get Casario to swap places by acting like they could take anybody. And hopefully Casario doesn't buy into that. I don't think he will. I think Nick's, I think Nick's a pretty good poker player with this stuff. Um, did you, I, it sounds like, did you see Pete, Peter King's conversation with Ryan Poles? Is that what you're referring to, John? Did you see that this week? I did. What are you, what are your thoughts on Ryan Poles being so forthcoming with Peter King on who he had been talking to about that? I mean, Ryan Poles is the one that told Peter King that they were having quote significant discussions about training from one down to two. And my guess is knowing Nick a little bit that there's a chance he's like, Hey man, I don't sit here talking about all the failed trades that I have and put other people's business out there. That's something because Sarah would abhor is somebody talking like that the media. Just like when I heard Will Levis talk to Combine, I'm saying, now he's not coming to Houston and uh, talking the way he did, although he'd be great for the media. And Ryan Foles talked a lot before he made the trade about all he was going to do and all the draft picks he was going to get. He was very, very open, and that's very refreshing for the media. And i don't know what the Bears think about it, but I know Nick Casario wouldn't like it. Well, that, but that, and that's the thing. Like I, like Ryan Pohl saying, "Hey, I could get a one in twenty four and a one in twenty five. He for didn't this say pick. could. He said he was. He, he was. Well, either way, he's not attaching a name to it. That's just that's just Ryan Pohl's trying to trying to stimulate the market for the number one overall pick. For him to go to Peter King and said, "Yeah, I talked to this GM and we had significant talks." I don't know, man. It feels like to me that's impacting your ability to do business with guys in the future. I wouldn't. Well, if I were might, I really want Ryan Poles talking about that. Nobody would. Yeah. Okay. So that's out of bounds. So you agree with me on that? Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Lorenzo emails in. I listen to you and Seth often in the mornings, and I listen to the podcast whenever they drop on the Apple Podcast app. Excuse me. I was just wondering what was yours and John's take on the report. About the Bears, well, here we go, John. This is what you and I were just talking about. About the Bears doing a double trade. I have a coworker who had been saying that this should have been what the Bears and Texans should have done all along, but he thought it would have been with the Colts. So, in other words, the Bears go to four with the Colts and then further down. I always felt the Texans should have stayed at two, seeing as they really need talent on the roster, but would like to see what you all think. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Are you, excuse me, John, are you surprised ultimately that the Colts stayed at four in all this? As Ryan Poles said, you know, they he he tried with them too, and Chris Ballard uh, didn't want to give up what they wanted. Now Casario's got twelve draft choices this year and eleven next year, and I suspect when all this is said and done, he'll have a couple extras in two thousand twenty-five. Uh, but um, I I kind of was surprised on Indy. Maybe Indy likes Will Levis and knows he's not going in the first two. What the Colts have to worry about is somebody trading up with Arizona. Yeah, Arizona's the new number one now, John. And even though they need Will Anderson Jr. in the worst way, they got a lot of needs. And so 
It wouldn't surprise me, Sean, when the draft's going, depending on how the first two go, and everybody thinks it'll be Stroud and Young or Young or Stroud, if the Colts didn't give Arizona something to swap spots. All right, let's let's uh, let's do a couple more here, John. Edmund Hack says, if Tillman Fertitta ends up buying the Commanders, does that end the chances of Houston getting an NHL team? Houston has no chance of getting an NHL team. And Tillman, I'm writing a column about this for gallerysports.com, where I also have my new mock draft coming in a few minutes. Uh, Tillman is in the finals, the group with Josh Harris, who owns the uh, – uh, Sixers and the Devils and made a bid for the Broncos and his partner Mitchell Rails now Magic Johnson may be part of that group they're the favorites Tillman bid 5.5 billion which at the time was higher than the other group and I'm guessing they're going to go anywhere from 6 to 6.5 I don't wow. know what Tillman for Tita can afford he's supposedly worth more than 8 billion right now but uh uh, he's not favored to get it. He's favored to finish second. Well, and while you and I are doing this podcast, Sean, literally Adam Schefter tweeted this uh, three minutes ago. Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos has become the newest potential bidder to tour the Commander's Stadium and training facility as he seeks to buy the franchise. League sources tell Brian Windhorst and me. So well, there's, another, there's another there's another bidder. Who does he own? Is he an NBA guy? Steve Apostol Apostolus. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking. I'm looking at the article right now. Uh, he says he just calls him a Canadian billionaire. Oh, okay. Uh, Apostolopoulos also recently had discussions to buy the Hornets from Michael Jordan, but is focused on the opportunity to purchase the Commanders. It sounds like he's just your garden variety billionaire that's looking to get into sports. He's the founder of Six Ventures Incorporated, a private equity venture fund. He was born in Toronto, attended Harvard, and contributes to a wide variety of philanthropic uh, organizations. You know, you have to be 30% uh, liquid, and you cannot borrow more than a billion dollars if you're buying an NFL team. But to get rid of Snyder, the league could change it. They've done it in the past and had special provisions for somebody like Bertita or this guy or Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails because they want Snyder out so bad. That's going to be a big topic of conversation at the league meetings next week in Arizona where I'll be because everybody wants Snyder gone so badly. And the more bidders they have, the better it is for Snyder. He should have just let Jeff Bezos buy him because he's got more than all those guys combined. But he because Bezos owns Washington Post, he won't have anything to do with it. Mm, that's too bad. Um, so, John, let's jump off there. Uh, if you sent in a question and we didn't get to it, it doesn't mean we won't get to it next week. You guys have a lot of good questions. If you want to jump in and send us a question, mailbag at gmail.com. We didn't get to all of them. Um, but, John, you mentioned you'll be at the league meetings next week, which means we'll probably be – you and I will be chatting at some point while you're in – it's in Phoenix, right? It's in Phoenix. That's Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, they always seem to do them uh, – it's really weird, you know, Phoenix and Hawaii and Vegas and uh, South Florida. Yeah, yeah. When, when are the league meetings coming to Detroit, John? Do you know? And, uh, and they also stay in these luxury resorts mm, like the Belmore. Mm. I always stay at a courtyard or something, but yeah. uh, it is amazing. I got several free trips to Maui when the owners' meetings used to be there. And then one mm. time it rained the whole week. 
and the wives didn't get to sit around the pool. So they told her husbands, we don't want to go back there. And then the husbands got older, the owners, and didn't want to fly that far. And so they killed Maui, but it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, yeah. How is that? Are those that's, John, how many times have you been to Hawaii? Have they all been business trips or have you ever been for pleasure before? I went uh, 12 times to the Pro Bowl. Went oh, yeah, times, I forgot the Pro Bowl. times to league meetings. The last one being they thought Paul Tagliabue was going to resign, and they went to the Ritz-Carlton on Maui, his favorite hotel, and then he waited a year. And um, and then I spent two weeks there when I got married. Oh, nice. What's your favorite island? Um, I, I like Oahu because I've spent so much time there and I have friends there. Maui was great before it got so built up. And still like Maui, you know, you can't go wrong. We had one trip to the big island for the NFL. My wife got to swim with dolphins and we took a boat to our rooms because the the river ran through the lobby of the, oh, of the uh, Hyatt. Like Venice. I've had, I've had some exotic trips on the Chronicle. Yeah. And uh, I'm just bummed that the NFL's elected not to go back there anymore. Yeah, because Mattress Mac would send you there in a heartbeat. Well, he's told me I can go where I want. We'll yeah. see how far that stretch. Carte blanche. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, Kauai is the kids. If you're listening and you're looking to go to Hawaii, Maui is my favorite. I've never I've honestly never other than flying through it. I've never been to Oahu. So I, I've never been to Honolulu other than to connect through the airport there. But I've been to Kauai, which is quieter. It's a little you know, it's a little more a lot of sugarcane farms and things like that. I went there on my first honeymoon to Maui and Kauai. Yeah, that's what we did. For yeah. Uh, spent a week on each. I'll tell you an interesting story. Yeah. The late Bud Adams was stationed over there uh, for a while during World War II. And he told me one time, uh, I think it was probably about, let's see, 45, 55, maybe 15 years after the war. And he was trying to get the pro, pro football team for Houston. And a friend of his he'd been in the military with called him and told him, he needed $500,000. And as you know, we're talking about that's a lot of money. And he said, for what? He said, I'm going to buy an island in Hawaii. Well, I don't have any money. Why would I want to buy an island in Hawaii? Which one? Well, you remember that little one we meant to get to, but we never did, uh, called Maui? And he said, I'm going to buy it. You want to invest? And Bud said, I could have been a rich man. I said, you're already a rich man. Yeah, no, I could have been. He said, well, I could have been richer. Even said, richer. You sure could have. That would have been great. They, they moved. They would have moved the Oilers. They would have been the Maui Oilers. They would have moved them to Maui. They had their first two training camps in Hawaii. Did they really? They did, and they stopped back. The GM at the time, Don Klosterman, went through Vegas on the way back. It took the writers with him to spend a weekend in Vegas. You know, can you imagine Nick Serio taking the writers covering it? Texans for a weekend in Vegas. I can imagine him taking him there and then not participating in anything. It's just like going to his room and sitting on his laptop the whole time. He said, he said on our show before, the only thing he's done is play slots. He's like a little old lady. Like he played slots for a little bit. I, I told uh, Bob McNair, I said, you know, you want to in your first year, really get off a good start on the media. You should do what Bud Adams did. And he said, what's that? With a, you know, Larry, Look, I said, well, he had his first two training camps in Hawaii. And on the way back, his GM took the riders to Vegas. And he said, he said, no, where'd they really train? I said, that's it. 
and so they trained here. That's great. Uh, all right, John. Uh, good uh, mailbag episode as usual, and you've got the uh, league meetings next week, so your travels continue. You're, you've been a traveling maniac these last couple months. I have been. This will be my last trip for a while as I get settled in on the Astro season, ready for the draft. I actually may take a couple of trips to our homes in Florida and Maryland, but I can do all my work from there. I'm hoping someday, instead of this backdrop, that I'll be on the porch of our place in the Chesapeake Bay, and you can see a yacht club. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, that would be nice. Not that, no disrespect to the home that you're in right now, but a, a yacht club no. in the background. <laughs> Would be that that'd be good for when this thing goes video. We need that. We need a bougie. <laughs> we got my high rise background and your yacht club background. Um, I need one of those permanent backgrounds that you can saw. I don't know. Yeah, green screen. I yeah. see people green screens that they've got stadiums and everything. I'm yep. green screen the Chesapeake Bay. That's great. Uh, John, I enjoyed it as always. Sean, I did too. Thank you very much as always. Next week, uh, I'll be in uh. I'll go on Sunday, and I come back on Thursday, so I'll be doing everything from uh, Phoenix. We can't wait. You'll give us the report from on the ground at the league meeting, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. We appreciate Figgy Fig getting this podcast out to each and every one of you. If you're just now finding us, tell a friend, hit subscribe, and uh, wherever it is you get your podcast, always better to have it just sent to you automatically so you don't have to think like, hey, did John and, did John and Sean drop a new episode? Hit subscribe. Give us a review. All of those good things. We appreciate all of that. Uh, all right, so until next time, unless something big happens in these next few days, you never know. You may get an emergency episode here and there. But until next week, for now, uh, I'm Sean Pendergast. He is John McClain. We are out of time. We will see all of you uh, next week here on the Utopia Football Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a great week.